2: To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. So, it's a
0: most important question that we can ask a person. And by being concerned for others, Boaz generated this harmony in his group in this way. See, Boaz put the center of his attention outside of himself. See, Boaz put the center of his attention on others. And when he did that, he put his attention on the group. And like a big glue, he glued the group together. And he made himself a member of the group. That creates harmony. But on the other hand, if Boaz had put the center of attention on himself, then Boaz would be, what he would be doing is he would be breaking away from the group and stand opposed to the group, and that creates discord, and that creates rivalry, and that breaks up the group. I mean, if you look at a group that's fallen into disharmony and fallen into division and fallen into fighting, you'll find that there's someone in the group that has focused his attention on himself on his ideas, on his direction, on his feelings, on his understanding, as he promotes his way, he breaks up that group by breaking apart from the group and he criticizes others and the group then falls into disharmony. He misuses friendships to gain a higher position or he pushes others down so that he can raise himself up. He exalts himself at the expense of others. Now, I've seen two types of managers at work. One manager criticizes those who work beneath him, and he does it. Why? Out of fear that someone might rise up and take his position and get a, or get a higher position and he wants. So his strategy is to put down others. That's characteristic of an insecure, proud manager that promotes disunity in the group. And on the other hand, there's another manager that praises those who are beneath him, exalts their work, gives credit to them, to their accomplishments, even to the point of esteeming others better than himself. And that's characteristic of a secure, humble manager that promotes unity in the group. Why? Why do groups fall into disharmony and break up? Because someone has centered the focus on himself and why he is different, and he has lost the focus of Boaz, which was to focus on others. By being focused on others, Boaz was building harmony within his group. But for Boaz to have done this, when Boaz to have set his focus on others, that required humility on the part of Boaz. See, for Boaz to have been so focused on Ruth's concerns as to, to have said, it hath fully been showed me, took a tremendous amount of humility for Boaz. I mean, this shows how Boaz was willing to empty himself. He was willing to empty himself of his own high position. This showed how Boaz was willing to not clutch his position, that he would be insulated from the problems of other people. Boaz was letting, what he was doing, he was willing to just let his position slip. Let his position slip from his grasp in order to care for the needs of others. then that took humility. The characteristic of pride is that its center is itself. Pride is self-centered. Pride makes self the center and breaks away from the group, standing opposed to the group, and brings discord. Pride is the source of disharmony. Just consider in Proverbs 6, which we're all familiar with, the six things that the Lord hates. Think about those not as Six things like this, but six things like this, how they're consequenced. It starts off with one. These six six Proverbs six, sixteen through nineteen, Proverbs six, sixteen. These six things does the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. First, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. See, first comes, as its source, as its start, pride, a proud look, pride. And then from pride follows the lying tongue, because it's okay for a self-centered self-centered person to lie if, if he gets what he wants, because self is the center of his interests. And Hands that shed innocent blood. It's okay to be promoted by eliminating opposition. A heart that devises wicked imaginations. The wicked imaginations are the promotion of self. Feet that be swift in running to evil, which means no restraint because there's no consideration of how others might be hurt. False witness that speaketh lies because self-centeredness has its own reality and it can pass a lie detector test. (laughs) And he that soweth discord among brethren, because pride pushes itself away from the group and becomes critical of others and sows discord among brethren. See, all of this happens from pride. Pride, which is self-centeredness, it's not being centered on others, and when Boaz said, it hath fully been showed me, this reveals how Boaz was centered on others and he created harmony in the group. The characteristic of humility, is that its center is outside of itself. Humility is centered on others. But harmony never happens unless a group is centered on a common focus or a common interest. See, if a group says that they want to have a group just to be together, that never works. You know, the kumbaya groups don't last. They must have a common interest. You know, a bowling league, exists because there's a common interest in bowling. And the central focus defines the group. For example, a bowling lead, hey, I've got common interest on, on bowling. That's the group, bowling lead. A bereavement group has a common interest in, in overcoming bereavement. It's a bereavement group. But don't miss those very important words, the words in verse 11, when Boaz says the word fully and all. Boaz answered in verse 11 and said unto her, it hath fully been showed me all thou hast done unto mother-in-law, etc. Those were very, very important words to understand Boaz. Because when he said fully and all, that Boaz was intensely interested to the point of wanting to know everything from the person telling him, no, don't go, sit down, tell me everything. I want to know everything about Ruth. Boaz was a man of intense interest and we can see that in the intense interest he took in Ruth's commitment to come to come here to come come to Israel as Boaz put it come to the Lord God Boaz put it in verse 12 he calls you came to the Lord God of Israel under whose wings thou art come to trust see that intense that's the fully in the all part of the fully in the all that intense interest of Boaz in seeing Ruth and God as the God of Israel under whose wings thou art come to trust, it reveals to us a second important principle. The more each individual in a group focuses on their common interest, the more unity and the more harmony there is in the group. See, the more each individual person in a bowling league is focused on bowling, the more united and harmonious the bowling group will be. See, the key to unity and harmony rests with each person's commitment and focus to the common interest. See, as a matter of fact, you can tell how much a group is united and how harmonious they are by how much when they are together they talk about their common interest. And the same is true of Boaz's group. We can see the common interest that Boaz and his reapers shared in their conversation, their prayer, between Boaz and and his reapers in verse four. Behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto his reapers, the Lord be with you. They answered, the Lord bless thee. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless thee. That's their conversation. That's their mutual prayers. See, that shows us that the common interest between Boaz and his reapers was the Lord. And we can gauge how harmonious and united Boaz was with his reapers by how much they talked about their common interest. And since that's that's all that's recorded for us about their conversation, we understand that Boaz and his reapers were very united. They were very much together. And we can see that the common interest that Boaz had with Ruth In verse 12, the Lord recompense thy work and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel under whose wings thou art come to trust. Again, the common interest between Boaz and Ruth that they both each had was the Lord. The Lord recompense thy work, the full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel. Boaz and Ruth had a common interest and that was the Lord. Therefore, there was unity and harmony between Boaz and Ruth. And this common interest of the Lord brought so much harmony, so much unity between Boaz and Ruth that explains to us why Boaz would come on so strong and step out on his first meeting and call Ruth, my daughter. He hadn't even met her before. And now he's my daughter in verse eight. See, I mean, not that the Jews come on strong or anything like that, you know, I don't want to mislead you. (laughs) So what we've seen here. With, with with Boaz and his Reapers and Ruth are these two principles that first a group is defined by their common interest. And second, harmony and unity in that group is gauged by how strongly each person is involved in that common interest. Now that means that if a group, let's call a church, and they have a common interest and meeting on Saturday instead of Sunday, then that becomes what defines them. And they may even take that as a name. And to what extent that each person in that group has a strong interest in meeting on Saturday instead of Sunday, that group will have unity and be set apart from others who do not have that interest. And there are many groups or churches with different common interests, and they will have unity based on how strongly each person is committed to that common interest. See, those two principles, defining a group by their common interest and the strength of unity is determined by each individual of their commitment to the common interest. Those two principles present a searching question for our fellowship here at Mission Valley Community Chapel. Because regarding definition, what is the common interest that we, all, that, that we all have that defines our fellowship here? That's a question. And regarding unity and, and harmony, how strongly are we each involved in our common interest in our fellowship here? So as elders, we could say our common interest is that we, we don't have a pastor. And but we just have elders, and that defines our fellowship. And then to measure the unity, it is measured by each person's commitment to not having a pastor, and then we have the harmony and the unity that comes from that. And we and what would happen is we'd constantly be talking about how good it is not to have a pastor, and we'd be separated from those who have pastors instead of rulers to, instead of elders to rule the church. And there's nothing wrong with that, with, have, with having elders instead of a pastor to rule the church as elders. We could say that our common interest is that we have communion every Sunday, and that defines our fellowship. And then the measure that each person is committed to having communion every Sunday would define our unity and our harmony. And we'd be constantly talking about having communion every Sunday, and we'd be separated from those that don't have communion every Sunday, and there's nothing wrong with having communion every Sunday. Or as elders, we could say our common interest is that we feed the homeless, and that defines our fellowship. And then to the measure that each person is committed to feeding the homeless, and we'd have harmony and unity. I mean, we'd be constantly talking about feeding the homeless and and how many homeless there are and and how many people have been fed. And then we'd be separated from those that don't have that common interest. Nothing wrong with feeding the homeless. As a group or a church, it can be defined by common interest against same-sex marriage. And that'd be a common topic of conversation in the group, Always talking about overruling the Supreme Court's decision and by allowing homosexual marriages and, again, be set apart from those who didn't have that common interest against same-sex marriage. Nothing wrong with being against same-sex marriage. Or a group can be defined by common interest against abortion. Same thing. Common topic of conversation. Always talking about partial birth abortions and rallies to stop abortions and, and separated from those who don't have that common interest. Nothing wrong with being against abortions. A group can be defined by common interest in the country of the United States, USA. Flags everywhere. The topic of conversation. Always be talking about the principles the U.S. was founded on, the Constitution, set apart from those that don't have that common interest. Nothing wrong with being interested in, in the USA. Common interest are the country of Israel. And always be common topic of conversation. Always talking about the land of Israel, the enemies of Israel, the friends of Israel. And, and they'd be set apart from those that don't have that common uh, interest. Nothing wrong with being for Israel. Group can have a common interest of fellowship and potlucks and food. <laughs> common topic of conversation, <laughs> talking about what the food was last Friday night, get-together times, set apart from those that don't have it. Nothing wrong with uh, fellowship, potlucks and food. Common interest, saving the lost, and common topic conversation, uh, talking about methods of evangelism, and how many were saved, and this one was saved, and that one was saved, and we be set apart from those that don't have that common interest. Nothing wrong with saving the lost. Common interest in creation and, and a young earth, common topic of conversation. Again, set apart from those that don't have that common interest. Or as elders, we, there are many things, but as elders, we've said that our common interest at Mission Valley Community Chapel is simple and it's clear. It's the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our common interest is the Lord Jesus Christ, and that defines our fellowship. And as elders, we seek to keep our focus on our, and our teaching and our singing and our praying and our worshiping and our family skits together on the common interest, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. And as elders, we're committed to see and to hope to see that as a group here, our common interest, our common topic of conversation is the Lord Jesus Christ, just like Boaz and his group had a common interest in Jehovah Jesus. And our common interest here at Mission Valley Community Chapel is the Lord Jesus Christ, just as we see Boaz in verse 4 taking the lead and by maintaining the common interest in Jehovah Jesus by being the first one to speak to the reapers and saying, the Lord be with you. So as elders, we seek to assure that our common interest and focus stays on the Lord Jesus Christ. Just as the reapers then responded back in verse 4, the Lord be with you, that showed that Boaz, he could not dictate unity and harmony. He could not dictate that. He could not do that alone. Because unity and harmony in Boaz's group could not be determined by Boaz alone. That was determined, it couldn't be determined by Boaz alone. Unity and harmony in Boaz's group was determined by each person's commitment to the common interest of Jehovah Jesus. And so we see that the strength of each person's commitment to Jehovah Jesus, we see that restraint in their response in verse 4 when they said, The Lord bless thee. And so, as with Boaz, we as elders here, we can't dictate unity and harmony at Mission Valley Chapel, we can only take the lead and guide in the fellowship that our common interest should be the Lord Jesus Christ but just as with Boaz's group unity and harmony at the chapel here is determined by each person's commitment to the common interest of the Lord Jesus Christ see the principle of a group being defined by their common interest is important to God and we can see this importance that the Lord Jesus in what the Lord Jesus said to the church of Ephesus In Revelations 2, 1 through 4, and and think about this, about these two principles here. Think about this principle that a group is defined by their common interests. He said in Revelation 2, 1, "Unto Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars." And has been born, has borne, and been in patience, and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. I mean, let's look at this passage here with the first principle in mind that a group is defined by their common interest and see what the Lord has to say about the common interest in the church of Ephesus. He says in verse 2 I know how thou canst not bear them which are evil. That means that the common interest of the church of Ephesus was to be intolerant of evil, and that was what defined the church of Ephesus, and that was a common topic of conversation, how they cannot tolerate those who are evil. Seems to be nothing wrong with that. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with not allowing evildoers in the church. And verse 2 goes on to say, I know thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars. That means that the common interest of the church of Ephesus was to use discernment and to identify false teachers and and found them to be liars. And that's what defined the church of Ephesus. And that was the common topic of conversation, how they can't tolerate those who are false teachers and are liars. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with using discernment to identify false teachers and liars. See verse 2 and 3, I know thou has borne and has patience, and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. That means the common interest of the church of Ephesus was to patiently and diligently work for the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what defined the church of Ephesus. Then that was a common topic of conversation. They constantly talk about all the work they were doing for the Lord For the Lord Jesus, and and maybe they were building homes for believers, I don't know, or looking after the needs of believers, and and they were talking about it, and their conversation centered around the work they were all doing. There's nothing wrong with that. Seems to be nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with working for the Lord. See, all those things, not allowing evildoers in the church, finding out who are false teachers and evil, um, patiently and diligently working for the Lord Jesus, those were all the common interests of the, that defined the church of Ephesus. Instead of being called the church of Ephesus, they might as well have been called the church of no evildoers, or the church of no false teachers or liars, or the church of workers for the Lord Jesus. But when the Lord Jesus looked at all of those common interests, he looked at all those titles, he said in verse 4, I have somewhat against thee. You say, Against? How can you be against no evildoers? You're against no false teachers or liars. You're against working for the Lord. He said, yes. Because when the Lord looked down and looked at the common interests, he said, I have somewhat against thee. And the Lord looked at what defined them. And he said, I have somewhat against thee. Because the Lord wanted the church of Ephesus to be named the church of first love. That's what he wanted. He wanted them to be the church of first love. Because the Lord wanted the church of Ephesus to have the one common interest that everyone had that common interest of a fervent love for the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the Lord wanted everyone to look at the church of Ephesus and say, look at those Christians over there at that church of Ephesus. They're all in love with the Lord Jesus Christ. They've all fallen in love with the Lord Jesus Christ. They're acting like they are they just fell in love with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's all, he, that's all they talk about is the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't talk to anybody at that church of Ephesus without him talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, if you wanna know about the Lord Jesus Christ, you go to that church. That's all they talk about. Their common interest is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how it should be.
2: Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org that's friendshipwithgod.org you can also go online to find free resources from tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org you can also find tom Cantor on facebook and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional tom Cantor is also the founder of israel restoration ministries you can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P O Box seven one one three three zero, Santee California nine two zero seven one. That's P O Box seven one one three three zero, Santee California nine two zero seven one, or email Tom Cantor at Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's Tom Cantor at FriendshipWithGod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800 247 3051. That's 800 247 3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come
1: join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor This program was brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.